0: Kind of like Flaming Carrot comics, which I know you're not going to know what those are.
1: Definitely not.
0: Um, I don't know what that is. The inspiration for my favorite movie, Mystery Men, was uh, The Flaming Carrot, uh, who was deemed too weird to show up in the movie based on his comic property.
1: And that's the movie you described previously in the yeah. previous episode. That movie sounds very weird. It is.
0: Okay. And. The Flaming Carrot, as a character, was too weird to show up in that movie. Okay. The Flaming Carrot was a guy—we'll get back to the tick in a minute—who um, read his uncle's massive comic book collection in one weekend and decided to be a superhero. Also, he was crazy. Mm. Uh, and so his costume is a six-foot-long carrot that he wears on his head. Like He's got normal clothes, <laughs> but the carrot like is his mask, uh, and it's on a fire at the top, hence Flaming Carrot. Uh, He also wears uh, bright green flippers on his feet in case he has to go swimming. Sure. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Super. Is any of this supposed
1: to make sense? No. Am I missing something? No. Okay. Like
0: Flaming Carrot is like Dada comics. Okay. Do you know Dadaism? Nope. Okay. Okay.
1: oh wait i've heard of that yeah i don't know what it means though
0: weird weird for the sake of being weird okay Uh, intentionally nonsensical um and eventually other characters showed up in the flaming carrot comics and they were the mystery men uh and that they got made into a movie but they couldn't put the flaming carrot in it because that's too much even that yeah, even that. Uh, but the much. Tick is is in a similar vein of sure. He doesn't have a secret identity. Like he's not. He doesn't ever take his costume off. He's always fighting evil.
1: Oh, does he have a? Is it a real human being with a real name?
0: No, or, like the, he's the Tick.
1: Wait, is it a literal Tick? No. Okay, it's
0: a giant guy, like like large guy uh-huh. in a costume, who who is super strong and nigh indestructible. And, and pretty dumb, and whose
1: only identity is the, the tick. tick. That's weird.
0: Um, very early on, they implied he might have escaped from a mental, mental institution, uh, which is totally believable because he's a he's he's not all there. Um, but he believes in you know justice, and his uh, I, I'm so excited I get to tell you this. Uh, his battle cry <laughs> that he yells before like jumping into battle is spoon. Wha- uh, <laughs> why? There's not a good answer. There's not a good answer for the why, other than it's
1: funny. I don't know if I like Dadaism.
0: <laughs> well, the tick is is far from Dada. I'll give you that. Oh, okay. Um, it's no. It's nowhere near Flaming Carrot levels of weirdness. Okay. Uh, but it was a comic, and it became an animated uh, TV series in the, in like '94, uh-huh. which is probably where he gained the most famousness.
1: And uh, now Amazon is doing something.
0: Well, so so. It was an animated series in 94. In 2001, it became a live-action series starring Patrick Warburton, uh, who you may know. I'm familiar with the name. Crunk from Emperor's New Groove. Yeah, uh, yeah. Also, Putty from Seinfeld.
1: Yes. Oh, yes. Uh, and
0: he was he was the perfect actor to play the tick. Like, <laughs> <laughs> just 100% yes, he is. spot on. Go find videos or somewhere of, of the tick later of... Uh the animated series is great too. Um and the sitcom was uh, was different from the animated series. Mm-hmm. Uh it was less weird and it was more kind of making fun of like sitcoms. Like it was it was single cam. Yeah. Um but it was a lot of domestic disputes with him and his other superhero friends and Arthur and very down to earth for a weird superhero TV series. Hmm. Whereas the animated series had uh Chairface Chippendale, who was a guy with a chair for a head. And uh, who decided to carve his name into the moon with a giant laser as his giant act of evilness. But he he got stopped. And so only the first three letters, so C-H-A, were carved in the moon. (laughs) And they were permanently carved in the moon the rest of the animated series. Like, any time there was a shot of the moon, you would see C-H-A on it.
1: That's not that evil. No. (laughs) I feel like am I dreaming? Like it sounds like you're describing the kind of thing I would like hear someone describe to me in a dream where like like I was in my house but it wasn't really my house. Like what you're saying are words but they're not none of what you're saying makes sense to me. Am I
0: okay? Probably. You're probably fine. Okay. Um I guess I just did use the phrase his head is a chair. <laughs> right. I'm like,
1: wait, what's happening?
0: Heads that, are chairs and he doesn't is make sense. Carving <laughs> letters
1: in the moon and <laughs> Flaming carrots. Yeah, I'm, I'm very none confused. of this makes any sense. Which and is
0: the best? But Amazon Amazon uh, is piloting a new version of the Tick TV series with a different actor in it, not Patrick Warburton. Okay, and it was funny. I watched it today.
1: Oh, it should still be Patrick Warburton. That'd be a good well. Thing.
0: They really wanted Patrick Warburton, but apparently it didn't happen. He's still an executive producer on the show. Oh, that's and the fine. guy that got is pretty good. Like okay. I, I, but it it at this early stage, it feels to me like he's doing a Patrick Warburton impression.
1: Yeah, you kind of have to. So, okay. Well, Someone smells on fire. Time to make a rapist. So it's it's Amazon. Yeah, it's on it? and you
0: can watch it for free, at least the pilot episode. Without uh, a prime subscription? Yeah. Although you should probably have a prime subscription.
1: I do. Yeah. Um I just feel weird. I've never watched an Amazon television mm-hmm. offering. Cause I it feels weird to be like i'm gonna go watch amazon shows like amazon is that
0: is it weirder than netflix is it weirder than hulu
1: it is weirder than netflix and hulu because netflix and hulu are created for the purpose of viewing and like creating and providing shows to watch
0: netflix didn't start out that way hulu didn't start out that way yeah they did they're video distribution companies yeah but netflix started as a DVD by mail company.
1: Right. And Amazon started by selling books, and now they're producing television shows. Okay. It just seems (laughs) weird. Like, I buy my toilet paper on Amazon. Sure. Like, all I've ever done... I think
0: Amazon wants you to buy everything on Amazon. I know.
1: That's what's weird to me, is I want to buy the Amazon-y things from Amazon instead Everything
0: is Amazon-y.
1: No, but I don't think so. Like... (laughs) toilet paper is Amazon-y. okay right
0: do you have a dash button for your toilet paper
1: no I also don't believe in dash buttons I think that's a bad idea
0: <laughs> you can uh, tear them apart and do cool Wi-Fi things with them
1: that does seem neat um also I don't like they're ugly like I don't need <laughs> I don't need advertising in my home
0: well you don't you don't put it somewhere visible you put it like under your toilet but so you can reach down when you're at of toilet paper and go oh push that button it's not that fast is it? <laughs> Two days, so <laughs>
1: well, I'm not sitting on a toilet waiting for <laughs> no, two days. But when you put
0: on the you put on the last roll.
1: But you know what I do when I put on the last roll? Actually when I have like two rolls left, I just go to the Amazon website yeah. and order more toilet paper. You can
0: set up recurring uh, subscriptions for other things as I, well. I do that for, for some things as well. Yeah, we do that for cat food and then our cat stopped liking that food. Is that what happened? I saw this yeah. I saw this via
1: Instagram. <laughs> did, your, did your cat just decide it was done. Well dumb? so
0: so we had switched foods because we're, we're trying to get the best food for our cat. Like, that's a thing we're trying to be wary of. That's nice. Uh, and so, you know, stuff with, like, high protein, uh, not mm-hmm. a lot of filler. You know, Right. Like, the same way that I don't want to feed me terrible things. I mean, I eat them because they're delicious. <laughs> but if my cat doesn't have a choice, it's better. And so we'd set up this recurring subscription uh, to a food that she'd eaten before. Mm-hmm. And we used up the last of a Purina 1, which is a, a pretty good – Yeah. Uh, food that she'd been eating. And so we finished that. Mind you, Amy's out of town when we run out of that. And so I just like, okay, I'll just put in the new food. And I put in the new food and my cat will not eat it for about two days.
1: Wow, really? Yeah.
0: And she was getting very unhappy. Like, she was biting me. She was very anxious. And I realized it was the food because I I went to refill it and it was all still there. And I'm like, well, maybe, I mean, she's eaten it before. I don't know what the deal is. But, you know, I'll give it one more night. Because it had been, it had been a day, a night, and a day basically. Uh-huh. I'll give it. So I came home. I'll give it a night, and she kept me up all night. Wow! Um, and like, I I literally poured the dust from the other bag onto the food that she wouldn't eat, mm-hmm. and she like ate some of that, and then nothing else. Your cat is a snob. Well, it's the weirdest thing. She's eaten this food before, right? And but she kept me up like a significant portion of the night, and. You know, just, just meowing at me and biting and being very, like, anxious. Yeah, uh, yeah. And because and, she was hungry. I get it. Like, I, I felt bad. And so literally the first thing I did when I woke up was, like, I'm going to go to H-E-B. I'm going to buy this stupid cat food that I know she likes because she's eat. that's what she was eating yesterday. And I go there, and they don't have it. And we know my cat's a picky eater to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, like, she won't eat anything with fish in it. Like, that's a – she's a weird cat like that. She's okay. a poultry-only cat.
1: Even what, – what about, like, a tuna fish can? no
0: really no wow cats love that stuff uh she doesn't like fish that's like i've opened sardines in front of her and she's like what is this what and i love sardines uh sardines are great sardines are great and she's like no thank you uh she's not interested at all like she'll look at it and go "Yeah, no thanks uh, so, she, but she doesn't issue, But she likes uh, poultry and puree. one has a chicken and turkey flavor. That is what she was eating. Mm-hmm. And I go there, and they have everything but chicken and turkey, <laughs> which I have bought at HEB before. Yep. And I'm like, and it's like 9:30. I'm like, well,
1: did you ask an employee? No. Okay.
0: Because no.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. I understand. <laughs> I just wanted to know.
0: This isn't, this isn't a place with, like, concierge-level service. This is H-E-B. <laughs> the
1: H-E-B? You sure? Yeah.
0: I'm sure H-E-B would tell me otherwise. But and I'm like, well, I pull up my phone. I know there's a Petco, like, 15 minutes away. And they'll probably have it. They've got everything, right? But it's not. It's Sunday morning, and they don't open until 10, and it's down 930. Mm-hmm. And so I drive to H-E-B. <laughs> drive to Petco? T- drive to Petco, yeah. Already at H-E-B. Drive to Petco, and just sit in the parking lot and wait. And I get bored, and so I start making dumb Instagram videos. Yeah, this was really fun. <laughs> um, you know, exploring what was happening in my car mm-hmm. and saying things that just came to my mind. <laughs> and then the store opened, and I found the pet food. It was on the last aisle. I was starting to panic. But I found it, and I bought it, and I put it in my car, and I buckled it in because that was funny for Instagram. It was funny. <laughs> <laughs> And then I came home and I poured some of my cat's bowl and she went right to eating it. Like she like she was starving because yeah. she was hungry. She hasn't eaten for two days. Yeah, And I felt really bad that I made her not eat for two days. So the interesting
1: part for me was there was like a lot of other people waiting at the Petco at 10 a.m. At 10
0: a.m. there were like five cars, including mine
1: of customers of
0: customers well okay one of them as i discovered was like a vet tech or somebody who worked there yeah but the rest of them were all customers that's weird and one guy was like carrying his little his little carry dog whatever kind of dog it is that you carry (laughs) a carry dog that's the technical term Um, and he put it down before they went in which i thought was funny like he carried him to the front door and then put it down (laughs) so he could walk in (laughs) on his little leash that's weird yeah
1: um so amazon making videos i still think is weird
0: like I, they've got some. They've got some decent shows, and that. So that's yeah. the
1: that's the dissonance for me is apparently some of their shows are amazing. Yeah,
0: apparently Transparent is the best. I have watched four or five episodes. Is that the Jeffrey Tambor yeah. one? Yeah, and it's it's good, but it's the kind of show where you kind of hate everybody on it, except except for really Jeffrey Tambor's character. You don't really hate. It works sometimes. It does, but I get tired of hating people. Right. We've talked. About <laughs> like if there's one character I hate, it's fine. Right, Orange is the New Black. There's one character I hate, and it's Piper, and she's terrible, and that's fine. She is the main character, and she's terrible. <laughs> uh, she's a Trojan horse character. That what show doesn't have a main character. What does that mean? That means they pretend she's the main character for the first few episodes, so you'll watch the show because it's about a you know cute white lady, and then what the show is really doing is telling multifaceted stories with a massive ensemble cast.
1: Oh, way to make me feel really bad, because I, I watched the first couple episodes of that show, and then I was like, you know what? I don't think this is for me. <laughs> so what you're telling me is, as soon as they started transitioning the show away from being about a white person, I started thinking that it wasn't the show I wanted to watch anymore. Apparently, cool.
0: I mean, most of the first season definitely centers on her. There's still a lot of like stories about her family outside of it, and mm-hmm. Jason Biggs is on it, and he's the worst. Is that her boyfriend? Her boyfriend, fiance yeah. thing, yeah. yeah. They finally got rid of him in, I think, season two or three, and I couldn't have been happier. Not that Jason Biggs is a terrible person, but his, I just hated his character. Yeah, it was it, As one of the recaps I read was just call him, uh Larry. so <laughs> every time he, he sees on screen, he's he Larry. Was that the AV Club? That sounds
1: like the AV Club.
0: <laughs> I also think it's outrageous that the reason that there's a mix of Spanish and Portuguese in south america primarily is because the pope at the time just split it up between spain and portugal and was like okay you guys get these get this half you guys get these half it's like that
1: it's like it's like two brothers fighting over yeah. something and you're just like okay okay separate 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 yeah. you get this you, you get,
0: get spanish this. you get portugal you get you get the you know what
1: else is so brazil is portuguese what else is portuguese i
0: don't know man i know i know I, at one point in time they split it in half <laughs> and that's that's how it works, and by it, I mean the world. Like it was the Pope goes, okay, this half Spanish, this half Portuguese. I don't know more than that.
1: And then everything else was England, <laughs> yeah,
0: because they took over.
1: Yeah. Uh, um. So, did you do anything else fun since we recorded last?
0: Um. What else have I done? I played Twilight Imperium, which is my maybe my favorite board game.
1: Oh, I don't know what that is. Uh, you well, probably I, told me. about I probably it have, but
0: it's it, I I introduce it to people kind of as like a shock factor i go a so board game takes about eight to 12 hours to play and yeah. people are like what and i'm yeah. like well no it's better than monopoly <laughs> <laughs>
1: the worst board game of all time uh
0: close yeah it's it's up there and it's it's funny to me because i tell people i play board games because that's that's probably my number one hobby okay uh and and it is like board games and tabletops and rpgs and card games and social gathering games whatever right Uh, Because that's what I like to do. That's where a large amount of my money goes. Right. I'm not like... And time. I buy things. (laughs) And... (laughs) Twilight Imperium is in the sort of hobby game world. Kind of this... It's almost mythical. Like a lot of people like never play it. But
1: but know about it. they know
0: about it. Like because you go, oh, Twilight Imperium. That's the game that takes 8 to 12 hours to play. Uh, And so like i had a friend who's like one day i want to play a game of twilight imperium and see what it's like and and it's like and a couple years ago i found a guy on craigslist selling it plus the two expansions which make the game even bigger on craigslist for like 100 bucks which was probably half what it would have cost retail wow yeah games are expensive (laughs) games are expensive twilight imperium is especially expensive like the base game is 100 bucks standard yeah wow uh, so I got I got that plus two expansions for that cost, which is a good deal. Yeah, I'm like I've got it, and I got some people together and I played. And I've played it three times now, like since I've owned it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it takes you know the shortest game I played was six hours. And that was four people.
1: It's uh, like a it, day. You, yeah, like it's yeah. Your you day set aside your
0: day for it, yeah. and that's really what it is. Um, and what's fascinating to me though is it is it's a good game. Like, you play it for six to eight hours or 12 hours. I've never actually played 12 hours. Like, most I've ever played is about eight. Mm-hmm. Um, but you play it, and you get to the end, and you go, Oh, that was fun. Like, that was cool. Like, you, and like a lot of board games, you have stories to tell afterwards. Right. So, some of my fav- so the reason I play board games is the social interaction. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I'm sitting in front of a person, we're doing a thing, and we're having an experience together. And it's a shared social experience, mm-hmm. uh, which is really cool. And all of my favorite games do that to a certain extent, of, of greater or lesser extent. But you get to the end of an eight-hour game of Twilight Imperium, and then you spend about an hour talking about it and talking about like, sort of the different strategies you could have used or uh, you know, there's a lot of backstabbing and empire building and things like that. And so this last game we were playing, I had a neighbor on either side of me, one I wasn't really worried about, but one I, I was a little worried about, but it wasn't, wasn't a big deal. And there was a wormhole to let me go halfway across the map to go fight other people. And I had straight up announced, I am going to use this wormhole to go halfway across the map to fight other people. And was like "I'm massing my ships in that direction. And the guy next to me, who I was not at all worried about, started attacking my ships. It takes place in space. I should have said that. It's a space empire building game. He starts attacking my spaceships. And I'm like, what are you, what are you doing? We had a treaty. We had a truce. We were cool. And he's like I didn't think you were telling the truth. I thought you, I thought you were going to like come attack me. And he needed he needed to score an objective point by having one more planet than what he currently owned. And he's like I'm just going to come and just take that one planet. And basically I destroyed him because I was I was playing a race of turtle people uh, who were very defensive focused. We don't do a lot of attacking. Okay. But we're very hard to destroy because we can we can turtle, like we can we can be very defensive. And so if you come at us, it's very hard to kill us. And he basically threw half his fleet against my turtle forces and lost sounds like a great game it was amazing (laughs) uh and i got super mad at him i was i was like angry. i was like i can't believe you did that like you're ruining my plans because i'm losing ships in this process as well like i'm not i'm suffering damage and things right right and yeah that was not your plan it was not my plan my plan as i had announced was to go through this wormhole and go attack the guy on the other side of the map Uh uh-huh and i i didn't like, I couldn't do that anymore because my focuses were split, and it was made me really mad. But I played that over the course of an entire Saturday last week, mm-hmm. uh, and it was, like, an amazing, fun experience. And are like, okay, when are we going to do this again? Like, we get to the, we get to the end, and that's the sign of any great, like, tabletop or board game is, like, you go, okay, when are we going to do that again? Like, right. that was great.
1: Especially for one that can be so long and so exhausting.
0: Yeah. Well, the thing is, like, when you're in it, it doesn't feel like a long time is happening between you're Uh you're constantly engaged uh so anytime somebody else does a thing or you know does you almost have a chance to react and so you're constantly engaged in what is everybody else doing how do i want to respond and so you're you're engaged the entire time Uh unlike monopoly where if it's not your turn there's nothing you can do and so that's that's like a minor
1: problem with Monopoly. My primary problem with Monopoly is it's a game that rewards like evil and cruel behavior. Like you yeah. win by being a horrible person. You, you know,
0: the original game it was stolen from was a... Uh, uh, first of all, it was called The Landlord's Game. So the, the original game that... Well, there was a game called The Landlord's Game that... Milton Bradley ripped off and made into Monopoly, uh-huh. and and which is legal. You can't copyright game mechanics or patent game mechanics in a lot of cases. It's weird, but they ripped it off. But it was a it was a satire of capitalism,
1: a satire of it. Yeah,
0: wow. It was about like how capitalism is terrible and landlords are bad and renting things is bad. Well,
1: it's a bad satire because you win by being. Cruelly good at capitalism. It's
0: all, but it's also a terrible game, <laughs> right? It's just a bad game. It's mechanics a bad wise. game mechanics-wise. And I think if you're playing Monopoly as a satire, the fact that it's boring and long and painful <laughs> works. <laughs> yeah, that works part really works. well, right? Um, I once played a game. This was I'm gonna say 2008 because it was not long after President Obama got elected. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was in my my college apartment, and somebody. Somebody brought out Monopoly. I I did not have the the passion for board games that I do at the time, but I I did enjoy good board games. I played Settlers of Catan. Mm-hmm. That was a, a real gateway game for me, and it is for a lot of people. Yeah, because it's it's a it's a really good game that I don't really want to play anymore.
1: I'm not like I'm not big into board yeah. games, but Settlers is one of the games that like I've played numerous times and really enjoy. Yeah. But it hasn't, like, gotten me into no,
0: it. and that's okay. Um, but, like, I do friends who would have Settlers parties where they would have three games of Settlers going on at once in their house. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is really cool. And I don't love Settlers anymore because like, there's so many other games that I'm like, oh, this is so much better. This is so cooler. This is differently. Right. Um, but I love Settlers for what it did, which is introduced me to board games. But somebody brought up Monopoly in my apartment, and I didn't want to play Monopoly. And so I decided to play, again, this is, you know... 2008-2009, so probably 2009, because mm-hmm. Obama had been elected at this point in time. Um, and I decided to play bailout Monopoly. what Describe, please. I made it up on the spot, based <laughs> on the current economic times that were going oh, on. Oh, in 2008, yeah. In 2008-2009. And so I just took over the bank and started giving out money to anybody who <laughs> I wanted. And one of my roommates, who took Monopoly very seriously, oh. and first of all, don't take Monopoly seriously. It's, it's, it's not a serious not thing. Not possible, um, got really mad at me because I was just giving money to people. And everyone was like, yeah, we're doing bailout Monopoly now. And so it's like, oh, I can't pay my rent. Now you can. Here's a here's $1,000. <laughs> so further lengthening the experience of right. Monopoly. Because
1: the only way to make Monopoly work is to rigidly stick to the rules. Like you yeah. do not get to borrow money from people. You do mm-hmm. not get to borrow money from the bank. Like if you run out of money, you're out of money and you're out. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like that's the only hope you can have for making Monopoly yeah. with it. Um, I played. So speaking of, uh, what was the name of the game that you're talking about? Twilight Imperium. Twilight Third Edition. Imperium Third Edition.
0: Ti three is how we say it in the in the in the leagues.
1: So I I haven't played any of these games in a while, mm-hmm. but I have also enjoyed very long board games. Yeah. Um, primarily Risk.
0: Risk is a very popular, very long game. Which
1: apparently can take like two or three hours, but mine usually go like six to seven.
0: Yeah, the only time I've played a game of Risk that ended was under unique circumstances, and I'll share those. <laughs> oh, on <a lot. laughs> you've only ended one game? I've ended 15 games.
1: Oh, okay. And I'll tell you
0: how in a very short period of time.
1: Um, I Risk is like my life calling. Yeah. Like I don't lose Risk. Wow. Which is
0: weird. That's impressive. At
1: least like in middle school and high school yeah. when, I, when yeah. I played it every couple of weeks. Um, but uh, it's to me, it's so much fun, and mm-hmm. it has that part of Monopoly where like you have to just be cruel and ruthless, yeah. and make your friends hate you and like beg you for mercy. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still a good game.
0: That's interesting because I disagree, uh, <laughs> and, and and it's one of those that that Risk is so much better than something like Monopoly, right? Um, I don't know that I would say it is as good as something like Settlers of Catan, but that's a that's a an argument that could be made. Okay, but. There are so many flaws in Risk that drive me up a wall that have been fixed by other games Okay, um, in terms of like, okay, we're going to have an, uh, an area control war game. Like, there are so many ways we can do that that are better than Risk um, that I, I have very, a lot of trouble going back to play Risk mm. um, because Risk is, is what we would call a high strategy, high luck game um where you can you can it's a medium strategy game like you can plan and try and figure out what you're going to do mm-hmm. but you could go up against an army of two people with 15 and get terrible dice rolls right and lose everything right which is is part of the design like that's not a bad thing it's a choice but it's a, it's there's very little way to mitigate risk in risk hey i yo. know i know <laughs> i know um but the best game of Risk that I ever played was 15 games of Risk long and I know that number very specifically because it was a game called Risk Legacy and if you love Risk you ought to check this out and find four other people to play it with okay so the premise of Risk and I'm, I'm giving you a, uh, a slightly fictionalized version of how this game actually came to be there's a game called Risk Legacy um, written by a guy named Rob Davio, oh maybe uh, but it was, it was published by like hasbro or milton bradley whoever owns risk um he was working for that company at the time and he's like risk is a boring game a lot of people really don't like it there's not a lot but we have to make more risky versions of games in the same way there's like a billion monopolies right of course there's a bunch of different types of risk there's like risk godstorm and risk star wars yeah
1: there's so many versions
0: um and and one thing that's unique about the risk variations is they all have different rules Unlike uh-huh. the various monopolies, are just reskins. Right.
1: It's not just like you could just do risk with different maps. You could.
0: And even that would be a significant difference, but they, they go further and have more interesting differences in rules. You know, there's one version of risk, risk Godstorm, which you play five rounds and then it's over. Just huh. period. And so that changes, like, oh, what are you like? You're trying to accomplish different things. You're trying to have the most points at the end of five rounds. Right. Um, and it has like mythical gods that can come in and like do knock God stuff up things. around. Yeah. Um, And so this designer was like, okay, what's another thing we can kind of redo? And he kind of took a step back and started like reimagining all of the assumptions that we make in board games. Uh, And the one that kind of stuck out to them was the idea that every time you set up a board game, it's starting fresh. Mm -hmm. It's all over at the very beginning. So, you know, you play a game of Risk, you destroy the world, somebody takes over everything, and the next time you play Risk, none of that matters. Right. But sometimes it does matter interpersonally. You know, oh, you screwed me over last time. Right. Right. Um, and so we hold grudges and things like that and he goes okay how do we make that into the board game
1: I like that idea
0: where what happens in the previous game has effects that last in later games
1: cause they cause in standard risk like they do like I always play with the same group of people and you screw each other over with alliances and stuff yeah. like that and that would affect how you would how your strategy in the next absolutely. game absolutely but it wouldn't affect
0: the mechanics right the game itself was no different right and so he redesigned Risk with ways to have a campaign right. of risk, and and he, you know, as he says, you know, we designed eighty percent and let the players design the rest through interesting choices and stuff. But as an example, uh, when you literally when you open up again the box of Risk Legacy, there's a thing that says you all have to sign this saying that we promise that we will abide by the choices we make or whatever the, <laughs> the impact we will have will last for generations and it's it's all very thematic yeah um, but the 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 very first thing you do in risk is you have a little faction cards. so each faction instead of just being like purely identical they are different groups right and this group is clones this group is cyborgs and this group is I don't know Russians on bears turtle people yeah turtle people I don't remember all of them <laughs> Um, and you hand them out and there's, you, you ideally you're playing five people and there's five groups or mm-hmm. five, you know, races, teams, whatever. And you're given a card and the card has two stickers on it. Mm-hmm. And each one of those is a potential power that you can give that race permanently for every game of risk you're going to play going forward. Mm-hmm. And it could be, um, gets a bonus six if it rolls a six or that could be can we roll one die for free or or you know varying things that change the rules for that race specifically okay and there's two of them on this card or there's two cards you get two cards one with each on it and there's a sticker on it you peel the sticker off one and put it on that race's sheet and you rip up the other card and throw it away
1: oh so it's like a
0: like it literally says in the rule book destroy the other card
1: so it's like a real permanent decision
0: yes wow and so you put a sticker on this, which is intentionally not easy to be removed. And then you start your first game of Risk, and you play to capture a certain number of points. So there's there's five points on the board. You have to capture three of them to win, mm-hmm. rather than full world domination.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and if you capture all of them, you win, and you get to write your name on the board because you won the first game. And there's 15 slots on the side of the board for who won each game. Okay. And then you get to do one of a few things. You can name a continent. You can found a capital city. Uh, you can find, find, found a minor city. But if you name a continent, you are the only person who can ever place starting pieces in that continent from then on. Whoa. That becomes the place where only you are allowed to start.
1: Is this, in, is this on
0: the... You are writing on the board with a marker.
1: Is this played on the standard risk map?
0: Uh, it is played on something very similar to the standard risk
1: map. Because, holy crap, North America. Well, it's
0: not... It's not uh, it's, Get that. I don't think it's continent, sorry. Um, it's location. So like Madagascar or North oh, America. Oh, just but, one
1: region. But one region. Uh. But you
0: can name a continent, but you can found a capital city. You can give a continent a permanent plus one bonus. So if the continent bonus for Australia becomes three instead of four instead of two, you can give a continent a permanent minus one bonus. Oh. Um, So, like, these sorts of things. You also get handed out scar cards, um, which are something bad happened in this location. It's a permanent change, (laughs) and it's a sticker, and you can put it on, and it could be a bunker. So that means all of your defensive die rolls are plus one. Or it could be toxic waste, which means you lose one guy from this room, from this... Base every turn and so you're making these permanent changes to the board that last from game to game here's where it gets better inside the box are four sealed containers and four sealed envelopes that say open when oh my god this is serious and so one of them could be open when three missiles are used simultaneously when you win you get a missile on every subsequent turn or every subsequent game for every game you've won you get a missile uh-huh. you can throw a missile at, a, at during an attack and it's an automatic unchangeable six so it's an automatic win for mm-hmm. that particular die and so if three missiles are used in one battle open this card or open this envelope or when such and such happens open this and you open it up and there's things in there they could be cards or pieces or something that permanently changes the game wow from then on
1: and that's and you can only open an envelope once yeah that's gonna happen once in the lifetime of you yeah playing and game.
0: so the game is designed to last 15 games that's
1: weird because then when you've played all 15 you're like done with mm-hmm. that thing you bought yeah
0: I mean you can play additional games of risk but they're no longer gonna change or have an impact on it yeah but also look at this so the game costs sixty bucks. People spend fifteen on a bucks on a box of pizza and throw away the box. Right, like, it's a yeah. very
1: good value. Yeah,
0: it's an it, it was an amazing experience. I'm so glad I did it. Lots of people though hate that because whatever it feels wrong. Um, but it's it like that's why the very first thing you do in the game is rip up a card, is to make yeah. a decision like Are you ready to do this? Yeah. yeah. Are you ready to make an unchangeable decision?
1: It's the same kind of idea where people like people. Complain about a video game that they paid money for it's like oh it's only like a three hour video game like I need a 60 hour yeah. first person like come on like you paid 10 bucks for a video game and it's three hours long yeah. like you're getting a good value it's out fine of that.
0: it's okay and you know you can decide the value yourself um, but that I've played a campaign of Risk Legacy and it was great all 15 all 15 wow. and I won I had the most wins at the end of the at game at the end yeah nice I won the first two and then I didn't win anymore and then I won the last two Wow.
1: I remember a very specific moment in my childhood. Pre-adolescence, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, My friend and I were hanging out. And he lived like two miles from some grocery store. Yeah. And it was the summer. We were bored. We were just thinking of something to do. We were like, you know what would be great? If we were just hanging out eating raw cookie dough right now. (laughs) So we hop on our bikes. We ride a couple miles over to the grocery store. We, you know, we're like 12. Yeah. So it's like two 12-year-olds show up to a grocery store, mm-hmm. and they're walking around, and they go buy a big log of cookie dough. Yeah. Like go to the counter with a log, a log of, of cookie dough, dough. And just buy like it. Hand and exchange their, money for hand their, goods. Hand their five to the employee and walk <laughs> out with their cookie dough. And I remember I had my – I was on my bike, yeah. and I had the shopping, the plastic shopping bag with the log of cookie mm-hmm. dough inside it hanging off a handlebar. Sure.
0: That makes and sense. And we're
1: riding back to his house. And the bag is swinging on my handlebar. And then it's swinging. And it's swinging more. And then the bag swings right into the spokes of my front oh, wheel. Oh, no. And it just, like, boom, 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 just chops up <laughs> the log of cookie dough. And it got through, it turned through, like, half the log. It was, like, it was like one of the big logs. Like yeah. Like, 10 inches or whatever. <laughs> just chopped through like half of it there was cookie dough all over my spokes the bag was ripped up it was probably for the best because we would have eaten the whole thing yeah. you know like when you're 12 and it's yeah. summer and you're bored like nothing what else are you gonna do you. so we only had half a log of cookie dough to eat but it was still really disappointing <laughs> And I I probably, like, fell off the bike, too, because that's, like, a lot of... Probably. That's probably
0: likely to happen. There's
1: a lot of resistance in a log of (laughs) cookie dough to cut through.
0: Part of me, like, imagines... Knowing this would never actually happen in the world we live in. But in a cartoon world, that would have happened, and it would have sliced through, and then you would have had a bunch of evenly sliced pieces (laughs) of cookies ready to bake.
1: Yeah, it was much more of a a mashing and churning... Oh, yeah, absolutely. ...than it was a clean slicing. Yeah, yeah, I like the cartoon world better though. That sounds nice. Because then
0: you can eat it afterwards. Just it,
1: it's like in yeah. the cartoon world. It slices up with the bike, and then there's a there's a cookie sheet right there, yeah. ready to catch it. And, and land on and it be and be slid perfect. into an oven. Yeah, yeah. Oh well.
0: <laughs> um, if I told you the story, speaking of of uh, summertime foods, okay. Uh, the time this was in college, me and some friends bought a watermelon. And we went to a park to eat summertime the Summertime food. Nothing better. Yeah, we were in college. We, we went to the park. Uh, uh, my friend Sarah had the best house in college. Uh-huh. Um, not because it was, like, a nice house. It was a it was a ramshackle college house. But that doesn't, that but that's, doesn't matter. That's the house everybody sort of, like, coalesced around. Because mm-hmm. um, Sarah and a couple other women were living there who were all, like, in the same crew. And... That's where people ended up. Like, we we had parties and things. Right.
1: Um, it's just the house. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And there was a park nearby. And so we had this watermelon. And we were like, oh, let's go to the park and eat some watermelon. It's, that's, a, that's a fun thing to do. Yeah, that sounds really nice. So if we get to the park, and we realize we don't have anything to, like, open the watermelon <laughs> with. You would have had to
1: have brought a large knife with you. Yes. That yeah. would have
0: been an important part of the mm. process. Mm-hmm. Um, but we didn't have a large knife. <laughs> um, what we had... Were um, rocks <laughs> <laughs> and uh, keys. Okay. So what what we ended up doing to open this watermelon, which is like this, is to me just like such a twenty year old college answer, oh. is we took a key. I'm pretty sure it was one of my keys. Like one of the keys could be in my pocket today. <laughs> uh, it could have been like a dorm key or something, but. Mm-hmm. Um, and we scored the outside of the watermelon around its circumference. Okay. With the key. I'm following. And then in the park, there were you know those like concrete slabs that show up in places. Uh, sure. Yeah. That there's like maybe electrical stuff happening underneath. I don't yeah. know. Uh uh-huh.
1: um, Just like in the ground. Yeah. Just like, like oh, there's, there's, there's a big, piece a of big concrete, concrete, concrete in
0: the slab. Yeah. So we, we took the scored watermelon and slammed it against the corner of that slab to crack it open. Did it work? Uh, yeah, for the most part, it did, actually. We ate watermelon. It was pretty good. Yeah, you got watermelon. It was super to eat. messy. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of fun.
1: That sounds, honestly, that sounds like the most college summary way to eat it watermelon. It was a great,
0: like, like we were laughing. It was an amazing experience. Like, yeah. it was just like, because we could have walked to the 10 minutes back to our house to get a knife, but no.
1: No. You got to get that watermelon yeah. open. That sounds
0: fun. I emphasize, <laughs> there was also no alcohol involved at all in this process. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, because one of the weird things about this Sarah's house is nobody drank there. Oh, um,
1: that's unusual for college.
0: It is. It was on. Un- I had a weird friend group in college. <laughs> now, mind you, m- my roommates and I would get together and drink in our apartment, and uh-huh. like you know, get blitzed at night and you right. know, on a Saturday night or whatever. Um, and that house would as well, but it was a very intentionally like gendered divide. Mm. so like the women of that house if it was just the three of them or four of them would like every now and then decide like oh we're gonna go buy some alcohol and get drunk
1: keystone
0: now usually it was liquor oh okay yeah that was just my. they didn't do a lot of beer that was my go-to college they would make alcohol. they would make like cocktails oh, okay um i didn't drink a lot of beer in college like I, I did some but it was mostly liquor
1: in uh in college cocktail meant you yeah drank three quarters of a coke bottle and then you (laughs) poured whatever bottle of liquor happened to into the be lying around
0: into whatever was there and then
1: you could walk around with it and go from party no we would
0: i mean i drank a lot of gin and tonics Mm -hmm. um mind you i also didn't drink before i was of legal age in college because i'm that kind of a goody two shoes ever i had one beer that my roommate gave me before he left for a party in, like, my freshman year. Wow.
1: Right? And d- did you do this... Was this, like, a very, like, conscious effort to wait until you were 21? Or was it just yes, like, I yes just guess no. I don't
0: drink? Yes and no. So, uh, I didn't want to do it because it was illegal. Like, that's... That was kind that of the, the reason.
1: Yeah. I guess it's like, to me, that sounds like, oh, I don't want to speed because it's illegal. Like, it just sounds like, well, like when you're driving, you speed sometimes, because that's just how <laughs> driving works.
0: Now, to be fair, I also didn't end up in places where there were alcohol very often. Uh-huh. I went to two parties that had alcohol at them before I was of drinking age.
1: And that's how it worked for me, especially in, like, high school. A lot of my yeah. a lot of like people my age were going to parties and drinking, and I just wasn't there
0: yeah for whatever reason yeah
1: like where the alcohol was jesse wasn't yeah and that's just I how get my life i invited worked. to
0: those parties but i also didn't want to go to them for yeah i didn't like, want to go
1: either I like
0: i didn't really want to go to a party full of drunk people but i certainly like
1: had some alcohol yeah. before i was 21 and, and in college like had been drunk a couple of times but
0: no nah, i'd never been drunk before i was 21 wow yeah that's interesting now once i was 21 i went pretty like, I was dedicated. Because
1: <laughs> um, that's when, after you turn 21, that's what life is. Yeah, life is being drunk as much as you a, can. L- yeah,
0: a little bit. Uh, and, hi, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> but we would do things like, um, I mean, we would, my roommates and I would, would drive out of city limits to the liquor store. Mm-hmm. Because it was in Lubbock and you could not buy alcohol uh-huh. inside city limits.
1: Oh, right. You've mentioned this. That's yeah. a weird thing I didn't know. It, it was existed. super
0: weird and you'd get your mm-hmm. shopping cart and you'd fill it up with enough alcohol to sustain you for a little while because right. you didn't want to have to go regularly. Right. And we would usually like pick a night and say okay, we're going to drink tonight. Like mm-hmm. we didn't we mm-hmm. didn't have alcohol around the apartment very much. We would like make a beer run or make a you know, liquor run to go out and get a bunch of beer and then drink it all in the next day. Right. Like that was very intentional. Mm-hmm. Uh eventually we would have like because I, I got way into gin and tonics because they're delicious i like a gin and, tonic. and i still love them yeah it's a good drink um my mother-in-law was in town and she bought me a bottle of bombay sapphire gin while she was here and i was very excited and we drank gin and tonics she also likes drinking gin and tonics nice. so that's like a thing we've connected on very good um so like i was very excited about that I don't, <laughs> I don't buy good gin for myself <laughs> right
1: that's the thing like i'll like yeah Alcohol is expensive. Yes. So for me, like I drink alcohol when you bring it over when we record podcasts. Yeah. Or like if I happen to be out at a place that serves alcohol, like mm-hmm. I might get a drink. Yeah. Um. But if I'm gonna drink, it's because there was like a decision and planning <laughs> and a specific purchase for it. Yes. You know what I mean? I don't just have alcohol. Yeah. That's that
0: exactly how we were in college. Um, right. And now, to be fair, we would get blitzed. Like we would. You would do it. But we we were we were very. We were very, like, smart about it, if that makes sense. Like, we would plan ahead. Uh-huh. We would, you know, make sure we had no plans for the next day. We wouldn't do it in weeknights. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all do it in our apartment. Uh, we would make sure that nobody was driving. If we had anybody over, they knew they were staying the night. Like, there was not any... Like, we were right. we were as smart as we could possibly be for drunk 21-year-olds. That is
1: exceptional. <laughs> That's very Like, I've, I have never kids.
0: driven drunk. Um, yeah, and i'm proud of that i also That's have to say my good. mom listens to this podcast <laughs> uh, i do like to share the story where uh she she is psychic and uh this in a lot of ways she's psychic but occasionally mm-hmm. um if i was going out to like a bar or going to someone's house or something where there was a chance i would have a beer or two mm-hmm. she would just text me out of the blue and say don't drink and drive <laughs> oh like
1: she didn't know no, you no she were didn't
0: doing... know i was doing this she would just text me
1: and wow
0: yeah do you th- is your mom spying on you probably <laughs> i mean that's that's awful like my the whole my whole life my mother's been like psychic in air quotes mm-hmm. um, for ve- vi- by various reasons that like people tell her things and she's the best at googling hmm. <laughs> like i've never seen a woman google better than her that's cool. if there's that's information a- on the internet she can find it that's a valuable skill yeah I'm sure she's looked up you. I'm not even going <laughs> to. And you're hard to find on the internet.
1: I do not have quite a presence of Yeah. All. Um that's I'm mean alcohol's fascinating to me. Sure. I'm like alcohol culture and the way people treat it. Mm-hmm. Like I'm always interested in hearing people talk about about this. For me, my alcohol experience there's like a clear divide. Yeah. Like I didn't really drink in high school. Like mm-hmm. I might have had like a beer after prom. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know there was definitely alcohol available at the party I went to after prom, no. but I don't like. I'm honestly not even sure if I I'm, did. I'm
0: going to tell you my after prom story here in a minute. Um, I'm sure it was like playing board games. No, the, there it. was a lot of beer and and people in their 40s. Oh, okay, <laughs> um, we'll
1: okay. get there. Okay, okay, <laughs> um, but I like I went to college and I just totally committed to the like college life is about being drunk all the time yeah like you get wasted with your friends and you go to parties and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. except it was definitely in the really weird like i couldn't mentally buy in yeah i was very much like pretending okay like like but really giving it the effort to yeah. be like everyone's this is having, what i'm supposed to be doing everyone's having fun like i'm i'm having fun right like, right i'm supposed to be having fun why why am i not having fun yeah <laughs> uh but still getting drunk in the process yeah so I remember, like, doing that a couple times for, like, two semesters or whatever. And, like, really stupid things happened. Like, I was really, really wasted one time and just found myself in the middle of a brawl, I think. <laughs> like, people were punching each other all around me. And I was like, wait. Everyone
0: around you was punching each other. I was
1: like, wait, stop. Like, why are we doing it? And then the next thing I remember, I was, like, pushed or thrown into a shrub. <laughs> And then I remember my group of friends somehow re yeah. and we were like, okay, like the night's done. We no, we've, we've, we were, had a, we've had a brawl. We were in a brawl, and we're going to go home. And then I remember walking back through the campus to my dorm, and I was like, why does my back hurt? It's like, what's wrong with my back? What's going on? Can someone look at my back? <laughs> So, like, I'm super drunk, and yeah. so I just, like, take – I'm taking my clothes off. Yeah. Like, I take my shirt off. Yeah. I, and someone's like, dude, like, you're bleeding a lot. <laughs> and the the shrub that yeah. I was pushed into had, like, gashed my back open. Oh, wow. Like, from top to bottom. I had this just huge cut, like, all the way down That's my crazy. back. That's crazy. And I was like, wow, this is a problem. <laughs> like, I didn't really know what was going on, and yeah. I just ended up with, like, a significant wound. Like, I, my life should not be resulting in no, things like this. it shouldn't. And then, uh, it, it's a longer story, but after I turned 21, mm-hmm. my friends did the, like, let's take you out and get you drunk thing, yeah. and it ended up with me having a lot of alcohol and yeah. throwing up in a bar and all that nonsense. I had one
0: beer on my 21st birthday. That's what
1: I should have done. Um, instead, I had...
0: There's a picture of it, too, because my mom's a scrapbooker. <laughs> oh. So I had a picture. Oh. There's, a, there's, a, there's a staged picture of the waitress checking my ID. Because wow. I ordered a beer. And she's like, okay. And I'm like, no, you have to check my ID. We have to make it a thing. It's my birthday. <laughs> and so she's like looking at it and like laughing. And it's all completely fictional. Because she was just like, okay, I'm going to get you a beer.
1: That's the scrapbook <laughs> mommiest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so after that, I was like, alcohol can be, might become a problem in my life. And I was like, I'm done with this. Yeah. Like, and I that's stopped. fair. That's fair. And I decided, like, getting drunk is bad. Like, yeah. Getting dr- well, getting drunk is bad for Jesse. Yeah. Like, Jesse yeah. does not do well drunk. So since then, I've, like, I like alcohol. Mm-hmm. Like, this beer we're drinking is delicious. Yeah. I think it tastes very good. Like, I love a gin and tonic. There's mm-hmm. different drinks I really like. But I'm, like, always super conscious whenever I'm around alcohol to, like, not let myself get drunk. Yeah. Um, because I realized in college, all those experiences, like, I don't have fun. Yeah, when I'm drunk, like I just—that's valid. Like yeah. I just I get anxious and I'm like I feel out of control and I feel mm-hmm. like my brain isn't working and I because it's not right, it's <laughs> really not. But like most people, when they're in that state, aren't aware of it. Yeah, and they're just rolling with it and having yeah. a great time. But when I do it, I'm like yeah, I don't like this. What's happening? Yeah. And it just makes me feel gross. So
0: no, I can definitely I can definitely relate to sort of that that desire to do things and get and get drunk because that's what people did. Right, because that's kind of like. In in my my senior year when I was 21, my roommates and I and a couple other friends would would get drunk based on like things we've heard you do to get drunk. Like so, we would like try things out. Uh-huh. Um, so we would like invent drinking games for shows we watched, but <laughs> and but we did it like in such the wrong way because we were very intent on like creating a solid drinking game with that, good that,
1: mechanics, right? That,
0: well, it that worked consistently and well, and so like. <laughs> You know, there's there's drinking games out there. You go look up where, you know, if it's based on a movie, there's like drink when X happens, and X only happens once in the whole movie. But you've got to remember that rule the whole time, or have like a list in front of you, right? Like a decent drinking game. We made it for the show How I Met Your Mother, okay. uh, which was on at the time and was one of my was probably my favorite show on on at the time. Wow, uh, still a really good show. Suffered in the last couple of years. It lasted for like nine seasons, so nobody's surprised by that. But. Uh, we made like, and we were all fans of How I Met Your Mother. We made like a solid, like five or six rule drinking game that we could remember all of the rules to while still drinking.
1: <laughs> and got you sufficiently drunk. Yes. Yeah. So you. But not you, too drunk. Not too and, drunk, yeah. but,
0: but drunk enough that you're drinking throughout the episode. So you got to pick things that happen almost every episode, are like noticeable, not just like dumb, mm-hmm. um, and but but are. Are not every ten seconds, right? Because like there's the uh, the Boondock Saints drinking game where you drink every time that someone says the f word, yeah. like that's like that's funny. It's a simple rule. Like and you'll it's like die. that's it, and you'll die. Right. But that's <laughs> but you're you're constantly drinking. You're not having fun with the experience. This is where that marathon. Right. Uh, one I've never tried, but I've always wanted to try is the um, oh, it's it's with White Russians,
1: uh, Big Lebowski, the Big Lebowski
0: drinking game. Uh, You drink a white Russian every time the dude drinks a white Russian, (laughs) (laughs) which is which is closer to like again simple rule set very important. Um, Still a lot of alcohol.
1: Yeah, it happens a lot in the movie. And
0: so and so I haven't watched the Big Lebowski to know like how often I think it's like eleven, and eleven is a lot of of white white Russians in a two-hour movie. Yeah, Uh, that's
1: a. But that's a that's a. Besides the little bit too much quantity yeah. that's a pretty good game But that's a solid drinking game though because yeah. it's,
0: it's a I can remember the rules like now right um, and I can remember some of the rules for this how much mother drinking game like now yeah um, we, we if anyone was in a couple if they said the significant other's name mm-hmm. um, it's that changed because some of the couples broke up and split and things like that over these but if they, if they were in the couple at the time the show aired um, and they said the other person's name you would drink like that's mm-hmm. an easy one because yep. it, it, it covers a lot of scenarios. Um, there were certain catchphrases that got used a lot. Um, and so anytime a catchphrase got used, mm-hmm. so if something that was recognizable as a catchphrase, you would drink. Right. Um, so, like, Suit Up was a very popular one. Barney, played by Neil Patrick okay. Harris, would say, Suit Up! Uh,
1: Bazinga, or is that the other?
0: That's Big Bang Theory. That's
1: the other bad sitcom.
0: Uh, How Much Mother and Big Bang Theory are not bad sitcoms. Um, I understand the argument being made for why people don't like Big Bang Theory. They're wrong. I understand it. How Much Mother is actually a great sitcom. I've never really seen it. I know. You're just pushing my buttons. They just completely don't appeal to me. How Much Mother is actually very uh, narrative driven. Yeah? Uh, Heavy continuity, especially in the first three or four seasons. I have the DVDs if you want to borrow them. They're also on Netflix. I don't have a DVD player. (laughs) Nerd. (laughs) Um. No, so my prom story.
1: Oh, wait, can I tell you about, let me tell you about the drinking game that almost oh, yeah. killed me.
0: Oh, I have another drinking game too, but yeah, so then we'll go back to proms. So tell
1: you. Okay, yours. so, uh, backstory: I worked at the student center at my college.
0: Is that like a student union, like place yeah. where people go hang out?
1: Yeah, it was the, the, the large building okay, with yeah. all the student-focused places. Like food court and the like. Yeah. Um, and it, one of the rooms in it was a big event room. Okay. And it had a massive drop-down screen and a like, really high-quality projector.
0: And I bet you played some cool movies there.
1: So after the students' center closed at midnight, yeah. me and the crew sometimes would set up uh, our massive sound system, like 18-inch subwoofers, like huge, like full concert yeah. like PA system. We would set that all up, we'd hook up a Blu-ray player, and we'd watch a movie.
0: That sounds amazing.
1: And it was just like you know, five or six of us, yeah. right? It was like the closing crew for yeah. the building and we stay up to like two or three watching a movie and a couple of these times we did movie in a 40 okay um
0: and 40s (laughs) i know i know this was a really bad idea my my drinking game also involves 40s so um. uh so i think the
1: first time the first time we did this we watched jurassic park okay which was like the best movie to watch like this because i never saw jurassic park in a theater
0: oh yeah i was
1: a little too young um a great experience. So this was like as close as I could get, yeah. right? Like massive screen, huge speakers, just yeah. Blu ray, like really intense. Um, but another time, and I regret this movie choice, um, for whoever picked it, but we watched Transformers.
0: Okay. The the Michael Bay, the first one.
1: Yep. Okay. Not the nineteen beloved nineteen eighty something, whatever. Never, so I don't know if it's good. Um, we watched Transformers and so when we do movie a 40, everyone picks their own rule. Okay. Right. So like, you know, you pick You pick every time a Transformer transforms, transforms. right? Um, The rule I picked, uh, unfortunately, was every time there's a helicopter shot. Like a shot from (laughs) From a a helicopter. helicopter? And I picked that because I was like, Transformers probably has a bunch of helicopter shots. Like, that's a (laughs) good one. Like, they're all helicopter shots. (laughs) I got through a 40 in like 30 minutes and... Like, started working on my second one, and I was like, I have to, I have to, I'm out. Like, I can't do this. And so I just tried to, tried to, yeah, come down for the rest of the Transformers movie. And watching Transformers while you're pretty drunk, while you're pretty drunk is not that enjoyable. It's
0: not that enjoyable sober, but, no, uh, yeah, it's
1: not. Um, but yeah, don't, don't watch Transformers. Yeah. Don't choose. Uh, helicopter shot as your drinking game rule if you are watching yeah, that's it. up
0: there with choosing any time uh, Shia LaBeouf says no <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so so my drinking game also involves a forty. Okay. Uh so we we again in our intrepid like exploration of drinking games and like how these things work, uh we had uh discovered the game Edward forty hands. Yes where you like you duct tape a forty <laughs> in each hand.
1: We were not that intense.
0: Um, well, we wanted to try it. Like this is a thing. Like 40s are cheap. You can get two for five bucks. <laughs> yeah, you can. I have duct tape. Um, but because we're such planners, <laughs> we had a designated sober guy. So there were two or three of us who had who had 40s duct tape to our hands. Right. We were also, I'm sure, at the time playing the how much of a drinking game <laughs> uh, with duct 40s duct tape. And the the traditional un- understanding of edible 40s is you have to drink them quickly. So that you don't have to pee, because right you can't, because you have well the sober person could help. Well, <laughs> so the way the sober person he says helped, in horror, <laughs> <laughs> yes, but <laughs> the way the sober person helped is we were all wearing sweatpants, oh my and he would put the caps back on the on the forties for us. So he would put the cap on.
1: This was like pre-decided and planned yes. out strategically. Yeah. And the if, you, if you got
0: real bad, you could free a thumb and a finger. So you had just your bottom three fingers taped to the... Oh, my God. So we were such nerdy drinkers because <laughs> we would... It's like, well, we don't want to embarrass ourselves. We got like contingency plans. Yeah. Wow. And we had a sober friend usually just because he was always... Like he was... He was sober for a lot of reasons. Uh-huh. Um... There was a medical associated reason. He could drink some alcohol, but he couldn't get drunk. But he also huh. just hated the idea of drinking. Yeah. It'll, like, he didn't mind us drinking, but, like, once he drank, like, the neck of a beer, like, just the beer that's in, like, the, the top neck part, he's yeah, like, like, oh, I'm really feeling it now. <laughs> like, two sips. And then I drank the rest of his beer because he was not going to. <laughs> wow. Actually, it wasn't a beer. I'm pretty sure it was, like, Azima or, <laughs> or a similar, like, pop.
1: Right. Right. Um, that's interesting. Yeah. Do you um do you know anyone or do you have anyone in your family who's alcoholic?
0: I do not know of anyone. Well, that's... No, I don't know of anybody in my family who's alcoholic. I have an ex-uncle who was an alcoholic. Uh-huh. Actually, I actually have two ex-uncles that were alcoholics. <laughs> um, both of my aunts married alcoholics. Oh, yeah, not not smart. Um, As their second marriage each, now that I think about it. Hmm. Huh. You've got a... Uh...
1: A synchronous no, family I, well no because
0: yeah that was yeah
1: so my my grandfather mm-hmm. was alcoholic and i know that had like a big impact on my parents who sure very rarely drank yeah and that's probably why like i kind of have my relationship mm-hmm. with alcohol that i do yeah like i just i'm always wary of being drunk absolutely like, like am i you know what i mean just just seeing that and like knowing what it's like yeah it's always uh like oh, I have got to make sure I don't get close to mm-hmm. that. You know what I mean?
0: No, I, I totally understand that. And I don't think
1: I do. Like I have, I don't. I don't even know if this term has validity, but I have like addictive tendencies in certain areas, like okay. an addictive personality. Yeah, but I don't know if I've ever felt that with alcohol. But mm-hmm. enough so that like I make sure I steer clear. Yeah,
0: you're just anyway. you're, you're conscious about it, and that's right. and that's I'm sure a great thing to do. But yeah, no, I've I've actually been fairly lucky in that respect. Um, yeah. And not have and not had to deal with any addiction in my family, yeah. Uh, that I'm aware of, yeah. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's you know, entirely possible someone's you know hiding an opioid addiction that I don't know about. <laughs> I, I'm trying to figure the best way to start this story. Uh, so I was homeschooled, uh, right, f- from sixth grade on, and part of that involved. Uh, going to a local private school part time, so I went for two classes a day. Oh, okay. I uh, took theater and another class that I could get out of, so I could go to the theater room, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which were alternately uh, Spanish and computer science. Okay, but I would always get a note that said, "Just come to theater," <laughs> from wow. my theater teacher. It was great. Uh, my my computer science teacher, by the way, didn't like teach us anything or care. It was like computer lab. Go play on the computers for an hour. Yeah, uh, so that was fine, which was fun too. But I'd have rather been hanging on the theater room with the other theater kids because we're a bunch of theater nerds, right? But um, I was I I. So that that's going on. Also, backing up even further to my birth, because that's it, actually relevant to this story. <laughs> a long story. Um, I was born between dress rehearsals uh, while my father was in a play in a local community theater. Uh-huh. Uh huh. He he was a regular actor in the End of the Runway Players at the Runway Theater in Grapevine, Texas. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And a small hundred-seat community theater. And my mom literally had me between rehearsals during tech week or dress week before a show my dad was in <laughs> opened. Uh, it was between Tuesday and Wednesday. I was born Wednesday morning. Wow! So he came home after rehearsal. They went to bed, then went to the hospital, then had me, and then he went to rehearsal on Wednesday as well. Like, he didn't miss one. (laughs) That's dedication. Yeah. Um, I love that story, and that's that was, like, I always told that story when I was Like, how'd you get into theater? It's like, well, I was kind of born into it. (laughs) Almost literally. Almost literally. Um, When I told that story, my dad was was still involved in community theater. Uh, I mean, still is. He was in a play just a couple, uh, last Christmas, he was in a play in the same theater. That's awesome. Wow. Wow, the same theater? Yeah, and I grew up. In and around this theater because my dad would do stuff regularly. Yeah. Um, you know, I was, when I had chicken pox, I couldn't go to school, so I went to the theater and painted sets. Oh my God. <laughs> like when I was like five or six. Like that's, like I grew up in this theater. I was running lights when I was 13. Um, I actually directed a show there um, when I was a freshman in college. Uh-huh. Um, so I'd, I'd been involved in this theater. Throughout my entire life,
1: this sounds like your version of church in my life.
0: Uh, a little bit. I mean, yeah. I was also going to church throughout this whole time, so yeah. that's that's related. But uh, but what yeah. was more important? Eh. <laughs> <laughs> which did I enjoy going to more, <laughs> theater? <Yeah. laughs> uh, which was more important to like my immortal soul? Eh, probably church. <laughs> probably. But no, so I uh, I I grew up in this theater and. Uh, around this time, so I would have been, I was a junior cause I didn't go to prom as a senior. I went as a junior. I also went as a freshman, but that's another story. Okay. Uh, I, got no. invi- I got invited by a senior, uh, to the prom while I was a freshman.
1: No 40 year olds at that one.
0: No 40 year olds. No 40 year olds at our are, are prom. Um, <laughs> sorry, I have to share this. Uh, just because it just happened and it's you're, amusing. You're it, laughing at your watch. I am laughing at my watch. Uh, so for listeners at home, we made arapas, as you may have, may or may not have known, because uh-huh. we've been cutting around it. Yep. Um, and I was, I was Instagramming it and things like that. And uh, my mother uh, responded to my Instagram story, <laughs> and she said, Kim and, T- "Kim and GVTX replied to your story. Hi Jesse, nice to meet you. Kevin, you're my favorite son, but for the love of God, please trim your beard." <laughs> i probably should trim it up like i need to, I need to get cleaned up like i'm, I'm gonna keep it long because i like having it long right now uh-huh but i, I it could use some some Just a little cleaning a little, yeah you can to the barber and get it you know trimmed up yeah <laughs> thanks kevin's mom Hi, mom
1: <laughs> uh i think your mom is the most frequent air quotes guest on our podcast oh, that's true
0: of like all of my podcasts because <laughs> uh, she's the only person i know who's listening to every single one i make which helps I love moms. Yeah. That's
1: what they're good for.
0: <laughs> so, okay. So I grew up in this theater. Um, I was also homeschooled, and I was going to a private school part-time. Right. Uh, which I did for three years. So freshman, sophomore, and junior year, I went to that school part-time uh, for theater and then also another class, I guess. hmm And uh, I'd been invited to the prom as a freshman and went, and it was it was a friend's thing. It wasn't like a date, mm-hmm. but it was kind of a neat thing. And I was very excited about it. Yeah. Fast forward three years, and I'm a junior, and prom's coming around. And, like, it's a junior's new prom. So, like, I have the option to, like, go to this prom at this yeah. uh, private school I was attending part-time. I'm like, I'm going to do that. I'm like, I should ask someone out. Mm-hmm. And so it just so happened that there was another person... Who was roughly my age? I think she was a year or two younger than me. Uh, who also was growing up in the runway theater with me. Nice. Um, she hadn't been there as she hadn't been there since birth, but uh, her family had been involved. Her mom uh, made a lot of costumes. Her dad built sets, uh, and she was also homeschooled. And so, like, we had like all of these connection points. It Was kind of cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and I'd, I'd, I'd been crushing on her, and so I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna ask her to prom, and I did, and we went to prom. Nice. Um, but our parents, so despite all of this, our, our parents, her parents in particular, were very protective. And they did not really want us going to any after-prom parties. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that's a, you know, that's, bad things that's happen. That's where the devil gets That's you. That's where bad things happen. <laughs> and so we're discussing this, of course, at the theater. Like in rehearsals for something or around rehearsals for something that we were all working on and someone has the bright idea someone's like you know i never went to a prom after party someone being one of like the cast members or crew members who are all adults okay was like i've never been to a you know a prom after party or never went to prom after party, never went to prom or whatever and so they had the brilliant idea of well let's throw up after party for kevin and his date oh no and basically her parents would only let us go to that party like we couldn't go anywhere else after prom. And her parents were there, I think my parents, were there. my dad was there, I'm pretty sure, as well as like the cast and crew of this play we were working on.
1: Wait, were there other high schoolers?
0: So I brought along my friend and his date, and it was just the four of us. Oh no. And so we went to this, this after part, it was at the theater, like just on the stage, um, uh, which had been cleared out because it was between sets or something. Uh-huh. And it was an unofficial like runway theater event. Like We didn't sell tickets or tell people we were doing it. But the runway also has large amounts of alcohol there uh, okay. because they, sell, they don't sell beer because it's illegal to sell beer without a license. They have beer and wine, which are available to patrons if they would like some. Interesting. Um, they okay. can't sell it because that's illegal.
1: Right, okay.
0: Uh, but it's there. Uh, they also sell like concessions like Cokes and candy and popcorn. Yeah. Um, but there's lots of alcohol there. Um, and the general rule of thumb is, like, if you're working on a show or you're staying late or something, you want to go grab a beer, you know, drop a buck in the, in the fridge and we'll call it fair. Because uh-huh. uh, it's, it's that kind of a community theater where there's, like, this general, like, trust. Of, like, we know who these people are. Or we're going to, you know, take care of each other.
1: Right. No one's going to take advantage of yeah. that situation. And
0: if they do, they're dumb and we won't let them come back. <laughs> right. Uh, and so we go to this prom after party, which has been going on since about the time our prom started.
1: So you show up in theirs and they're
0: already, already like having a grand old time. they're wearing their their cheesy eighties prom dresses that they went to the thrift store to buy. They've been playing prom games oh, that they made up um and we like I knew all of these people, so they weren't strangers, they were like second family right, but it was also a really weird experience
1: because that's not like that
0: sounds like fun it yeah, actually does it was like you're going to
1: an adult party where your parents are and a bunch of like your like adult family friends yeah but that's not what's supposed to happen after prom yeah like after prom you're supposed to go hang out with just people your age and do stuff you're not supposed to do yeah
0: well the only caveat I had um, that that we were able to negotiate I guess was um, I felt I was of the opinion and I still think this is true that prom should end at like 5am at an IHOP
1: (sighs) rose
0: like that should be the finale. Oh. Uh. <laughs> and so, just the four of us, not the rest of the prom party, um went at the end of this prom party at like 3 or 4 a.m. to the local IHOP and had breakfast. And then we took our dates home and went to bed. And That's... not like we took our dates home and then left the home <laughs> and then went to bed. <laughs> <laughs> at, left them at their homes, went to our homes, and then everybody went to sleep. In their own beds. In their own beds. <laughs> I am not know if I can make this any more clear. Um, um, but in, of course, full, like, regalia, prom regalia. Oh, yes. Yeah, like, fancy up, you know, tuxes and up. things like that. And this is this is um, my fun, my favorite anecdote from this experience was at IHOP at, like, 4 a.m., 5 a.m. Uh-huh. Um, I go to the bathroom, and I'm washing my hands on the look up. And I look at myself in the mirror, and my bow tie is on the side of my neck. Like, it's just migrated around. Oh, okay. Which is, is fine. I kind of straighten it. And I go, hey, like, why didn't anybody tell me my bow tie was like that? And we go, oh, yeah, that was like a Kevin thing. <laughs> it's been like that for hours. <laughs> and the thing is, they were right. It totally would have been a Kevin thing, like, to just put my bow tie off. Yeah, center. that's like,
1: like, that's a sartorial power move. You just wear your bow tie, like, yeah, way off to the side. like, that's
0: exactly the sort of thing I would have done. Damn. And... I almost like I like even to this day I feel kind of like I didn't do that on purpose. <laughs> like I could have, but like that's how that's how like pulling
1: off like a weird clothing thing works. Yeah. Is like you just do it with total confidence, mm-hmm. and everyone's like,
0: I guess that's the thing.
1: Like yeah, his bow ties off to the side. That's yeah. what Kevin does. Yeah, but you could only pull it off because you just weren't aware of
0: it. Yeah, that's
1: awesome.
0: But but it was within my character range to have done that.
1: I think um I think I've heard the IHOP part of that story yeah. from you before because I like I remember. Maybe telling you about my late night IHOP experience. Mm-hmm. Um, was there was there any weirdness happening at IHOP at five a.m. Well, like
0: other than the four teenagers in prom get-ups? Yeah, like <laughs> were, were there
1: other prom people at this IHOP? No. Okay, IHOP's a weird place. Yeah, um, I don't like it. <laughs> I think their food's very bad. I can think of almost no redeeming quality about IHOP other than that it's open for 24 hours. Um, I didn't go after prom, Uh but I did go, uh, I think I was in high school, but maybe like 18 or 19 or something. A group of my friends and I, we went to see a movie, I forget which one, at midnight. Yeah. And so we get out of the movie. at like. In my head, I'm
0: pretending it was Snakes on a Plane
1: wasn't it's on a plane oh, okay it might have been one of the batman movies or something like one of the nolan batman oh, okay um we get out 2 30 3 yeah. o'clock or so yeah and for some reason we're not immediately ready to just like go home and go to bed
0: because <laughs> you're teenagers
1: yeah we're teenagers <laughs> we want to keep hanging out yeah and there's an ihop down the street from the theater and we're like well let's just like go to the ihop yeah that's like, what you do it's open let's just go hang yeah. out And we expect like we're gonna walk into this IHOP and there's gonna be like one person working. It's gonna be quiet. It's gonna be slow, it's gonna be dead. (laughs) It's three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, that's busy time for IHOP. Apparently the place was not packed, but like I would not have been surprised if it was that busy at like ten o'clock in the morning. (laughs) Like it was
0: normal. Like there was it was just people
1: everywhere, yeah. Tables moderately filled. Um there were just you know, people, like, just at IHOP. For eating their food. Se- for seemingly normal reasons. <laughs> like, we're the weirdos who, like, just came from a mo- midnight yeah. movie. Like, yeah. we're just being weird and hanging out late going to the IHOP. And there are people who were just, like, like there at the IHOP eating yeah. food as if it was normal. Yeah. Including a three-generation family. remember you telling family. me this story.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Like... We're sitting down and of course like we're like we're being loud and weird and goofy. Yeah. Because we're dumb teenagers Yeah, who don't respect other people. Yeah. But like this family walks in, you have mother and father, and I think I remember like five or six year old boy mm-hmm. and like a baby. <laughs> like like the mother's holding yeah, it like the a whole baby. time level baby. And then what Clearly appear to be like a grandparent, Mm -hmm. but it just seemed like this is what they do. It's three in the morning, and they let's go to IHOP for some reason. Like their routine is like let's go to IHOP. (laughs) Like maybe one of them just got out, like gets out of work late, and they all go get dinner at IHOP at three a.m. Like I I can't understand what's happening. Yeah, why is there like a three-generation family all going to IHOP at three a.m. as if it was the most normal thing in the world?